there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Puckcast with Statsman and AJ, Rotowire's signature fantasy hockey show. We're in our eighth season. We're about a month and a half into the year, and all kinds of storylines are emerging, AJ. And uh, on today's show, we want to talk about a few of them. We'll remind our listeners before we get going too far how to reach us. You can reach me, Paul Bruno. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and you can find me at Statsman22, and my co-host is AJ Scholes, a great follow at AJ Schultz, 24, based in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Of course, that's very close to Rotowire headquarters over in Madison, and they're busy as bees over there, I'm sure, uh, with the World Cup going on, football going on, baseball offseason, and, of course, the hockey season in, in high gear. And we can't forget about basketball either because a lot of people will be upset if we do. Um, look at AJ. Career milestone for Patrice Bergeron, Berge, 1,000 points in the record book for him last week. And it was celebrated by a, the bench clearing and going out to, to mob him. He's extremely popular with his team as well as the fan base here. And, a, and has become an elder statesman around the league that's very, very highly respected. But he's not the only one making headlines. And I'm surprised you haven't interrupted me to say, what about Sid the Kid? Well, <laughs> Sidney Crosby's on fire and the leading scorer in the NHL the past week. I'm sure you're going to wax poetic about him. But I also want to throw another name into the mix that might surprise our listeners. That's Marty Jones, the goalie for Seattle. And before we went to air, I just looked at the NHL stats, AJ, and Seattle ranks among the top six teams in the league in terms of win percentage by points. And Marty Jones has been a big reason why, rehabilitating his image from the tough years that he had in recently in San Jose. So I've talked a lot so far. What say you about the three guys that I'm bringing out for discussion off the top here? Yeah, I mean, uh, it is good to see some of the, you know, the vets uh, still still got some gas in the tank, right? Uh, um, you know, Evgeny Malkin just played in his thousandth game for the Penguins. Um, so that another milestone there. But uh, yeah, I mean, Bergeron should continue to climb those uh, the, that ranking there for for most points. Uh, currently um, ninth among active uh, players uh 94th overall in uh in NHL history so he should continue to move his way up the rest of the season we'll see if this is the last or not um i think from for all intents and purposes just taking it year by year but should still be um obviously still producing at a high level and as long as he is you got to think he's wondering can i squeeze one more year out of my body here the way this has gone he's certainly dealt with injuries in his career played a lot of international hockey a definite mortal lock for the Hockey Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, just the same story for Sid the Kid. And uh, we can't say the same about Marty Jones, sadly. I mean, he's having a very <laughs> nice year, but I don't think his resume quite measures up to the other two fellas. But I'll throw another name out at you. And, and I, my moratorium is out and done with Brad Marchand. He's been a solid citizen since he came back to full health and, and his potting goals at a, a really solid clip, better than a point and a quarter a game, even again this year. His is an interesting case, AJ. He's had some success on the international stage. He's had success with the Boston Bruins. He's a high-scoring player in the NHL year after year. But my goodness, the image that caused me such grief for years, the number of suspensions. How do you measure his likelihood of getting into the Hockey Hall of Fame if he was to retire today? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he has to be has to be in there, right? I mean, Stanley Cup champion, as you said, like Olympic gold medalist, uh, 
and you know doesn't have maybe necessarily a ton, you know he's only at 885 in terms of games so um, a couple missed ones there points is 810 so definitely behind Bergeron so I would guess he would get in maybe not first ballot but I, I would have to imagine Brad Marchand would get into the Hall of Fame yeah, I grudgingly suggest that he should be uh, at least strongly considered, definitely year in, year out, one of the top 10 guys that gets drafted in any fantasy league draft that I participate in. So that speaks to his consistency and longevity because I've been doing this for a while. And, uh, you know, like I said, he's kept in, in he's kept the game, uh, relatively speaking, this year, not getting into too many scrapes, but I'm sure before the season's over, I'll, I'll have a rant about him doing something stupid along the line. It just uh, it just seems he can't avoid those kinds of things for too, too long. But it's an interesting case, AJ. I mean, uh, I think we agree Patrice Bergeron is slam dunk, Crosby is slam dunk. But when you get to a guy like Marshawn with the murky nature of, of the off-ice uh, penalties that he's incurred for uh, his misdeeds on the ice, uh, it's it makes it a very cloudy situation. And I think if he has another kick of the can internationally, has some success, or the Bruins go on a run and uh, long playoff again this year, those factors will certainly strengthen his case. But AJ, also one thing before we get into the show, I've heard most recently that there they were there was talk that they were going to do a World Cup of Hockey tournament in the next year, but. I think things have cooled down in that regard. Are you hearing anything about that at all? I'm hearing now that the best we can hope for is like two years out again. Yeah, the most recent thing I heard was that they were pushing it back to 2025. Right. Um, wasn't really sure why um, they were doing that. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, interesting move to push it back a year has me worried that they might just, you know, cancel it all together, uh, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I really hope that doesn't happen because, I mean, there's we haven't seen Austin Matthews. We haven't seen Connor McDavid. We haven't seen Cole Caulfield on the international stage yet. And I think that's a crime. These young guys who are dominating the league uh, a year after year or making a big splash and, and could make a big splash internationally – uh, they're not getting the opportunity. And I think that's a crying shame. Uh, we want to grow this game internationally. I was telling a friend, I was at the game the other night, that when they honored a, a Leaf great who was from Sweden, they put, Leafs put six Swedish players on the ice. That's because we've grown the game internationally. And, and we got the best players in the world right here. But I want to see best on best team-wise. And I'm sure I'm not the only one out there. So hopefully, yeah, for sure, hopefully, for sure. hopefully the NHL is listening to us and, and get it done because we've been starved for that. And we, when you see the World Cup going on in soccer, you just see how excited the fan bases from every country that's in there uh, are about about their team's chances in the early going. And it's fantastic to see. It's just a, a real good international spectacle. We need good news in the world today. A World Cup of hockey would just add to that, I think. So there's our commercial for it. NHL powers that be get it done. I know you'd have two people with their eyeballs on it, eyeballs on every single game that's played. AJ, let's uh, swing into that uh, thirty-two team outlook that we do every week. You kick us off this time around with your thumbnail on the pulse of the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, so not you know not a lot of huge changes in terms of you know uh, injuries affecting things like that. Uh, Max Comtois is dealing with a lower body injury. 
Um, so he should be back or could be back sometime soon. We haven't gotten any real update on that, but for the most part, relatively healthy team um, other than, you know, some injuries they had earlier in the year. And uh, you know, about what you would expect from the last week. Uh, you know, they, they went one and three uh, last week, Cam Fowler with seven points, Adam Henrique with four, Trevor Zegers with three. So this is a team that's just kind of slowly rolling along in the Pacific and really just hoping to get to the end of the year here with, <laughs> with, a, few, <laughs> with a few wins here and there along the way. Um, you know, it's, it's reflective in the fact that they have the worst goal differential in the league. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some, some aspects to this team that's missing that the defense is not great, uh, even though they brought in John Klingberg and still have Kevin Shattenkirk, but, uh, you know, Klingberg's numbers haven't been that great compared to previous seasons. He had like a four game stint in early November that looked okay, but just one point in his last six, um, had a, a real long eight game pointless streak in there. So, yeah, the move for Klingberg hasn't been great. Um, definitely not putting up anywhere near the 40 or even 60 points he got uh, a couple times in, in Dallas. AJ, the news is very similar in Arizona. This is one of those teams that, you know, before the NHL's uh, fantasy drafts take place for season long in the NHL regular season, I kind of take a, a pen and stroke out the entire lineup with maybe one or two exceptions. The one exception that might be notable going forward is Jacob Chikrin. He made his season debut with an effort that included some power play time and 23 minutes of ice time in a 4-3 game against Nashville that the, the Coyotes lost last week. I don't think he's long for this team. He's made a lot of noise about wanting to move on, so he's going to be the subject of a lot of trade rumors. The idea is that Arizona wants to get three pieces out of that deal. They want to get a young roster player. They want to get a high draft pick and a top prospect out of whoever wants to get uh, this guy in their in their team's colors. He's a very good offensive defenseman, but lacking in the physical side of the game a little bit, AJ. So uh, I, it's a cautionary tale for me. And uh, I can think of a few teams that would certainly like to get his offense in there. But I wonder what he, whether it's a 50-50 deal about what do you get defensively out of a player like that who's really a one-way type so far early on in his career? That's not to say he won't morph, morph into a more of a 200-foot player eventually, but right now it's all about his offense and what that might bring to a team that might be seeking his services. Well, Boston continued to just be ridiculous. They find themselves on another seven-game win streak. You're looking at nine, uh, in 19 games, 17-2. and two is the record. Now I, I haven't had a chance to look up what the most points a team has earned in an NHL season, but they're certainly uh, at this point, seemingly going to put that to the test. Plus 40 is their goal differential. So they're getting really good net minding. Uh, Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman, obviously both played this last week. Uh, save percentages for Olmark nine, three, one Swayman even better at nine, four, four in his one appearance. Uh, this week. And of course, the offense is ticking along as well. You've got seven helpers for Charlie McAvoy, Krejci with four goals, Pasternak with three. Um, so really, I mean, there's not anything to to be um, really that like critical of with this team. They picked up a minor injury with Trent Frederick dealing with a shoulder problem that kept him out of practice today. No clear timeline from them yet, but 
Um, even losing a guy, you know, Trent Frederick is more of a role player for them. So him being out of the lineup just means Craig Smith will get back in. Not a huge impact for their team as a whole. Hey, Jay, I did some quick math while you were talking there to get your answer for the Boston Bruins hot start. They are ahead of the all-time percentage for winning in a single season at the moment with their two losses against 17 wins. The record for a season is by Montreal. They essentially had 132 points in an 80-game campaign. The Bruins are ahead of that pace right now. So that tells you just how rarefied the air is around that team. The air is rarefied against the Buffalo Sabres too, but for the opposite reasons, my friend, they're on an eight-game un- winless streak. And uh, that was something that I would neither one of us would have forecast at the beginning of the year based on the fact we thought this team was going to be upwardly mobile in the even in the difficult uh, Atlantic division. But I think what we did both agree on was the fact that the goaltending would be a concern and maybe even the defensive side of the puck with some inexperience on the blue line, save for a couple of players. And that's really what's bearing fruit right now they're getting outscored on a regular basis big time and they're having to do it uh, in the nets without uh, Eric Comrie who was brought over to kind of be that workhorse he's played 11 games gone four and seven but he's out of the lineup right now and that means Craig Anderson over 40 years of age and Ukapeka Laukanen uh, are manning the net. Laukonen is is a guy who is not very experienced in the NHL, though highly regarded. He has yet to get a win uh, at the NHL level this season. He only played in one game. It was against the Maple Leafs, and he got rocked for five goals against. So uh, the early return's not too good for him yet, but it's very early, and he's still very highly regarded. I think what the Sabres need to do is forego an all-out offensive attack and and really circle the wagons around this this uh, tandem in the Nets until they get Comrie back and maybe can play more of an offensive-minded game. But in the meantime, their offensive leaders are still piling up some really good numbers here, and so they are relevant in fantasy. And so you you can find value in Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dahlin, and Eric Alex Tuck in DFS. They're all hanging around there at or above the point-of-game range uh, year-to-date. Even Jeff Skinner, we haven't maligned his contract yet this year, so that's got to tell you he's doing <laughs> something well. We're usually well into criticizing him as one of the worst contracts in hockey, but he's got 14 points in 18 games played, and uh, so that's a good news for him. And even Dylan Cousins right behind him. This is a kid who did well on the international stage for Canada and as a junior, and so so far this year he's off to a very nice start with 12 points in 18 games played. So uh, it's really the defensive side of the puck that's a concern in Buffalo and the reason for their downfall in this eight-game winless streak that I described. Well, over in Carolina, I have to argue uh, or call it probably a uh, a frustrating week for them. Three straight overtime losses um, against some some pretty good teams, Colorado, Minnesota, uh, and the Jets as well. So, you know, upside, they earned a point in each one of those games. Uh, downside, they technically are on a three-game losing streak. <laughs> so, um, like I said, probably a, a pretty frustrating week for them. They're still sitting second in the Metropolitan here, so I don't think there's any reason to be overly concerned. Um, they uh, had some some decent offensive numbers from guys like Sebastian Ajo with five points, Martin Neckash with four, Evgeny Sveshnikov with two. Um, so, yeah, I mean – other than that, you know, they're still dealing with absences to uh, Freddie Anderson. Uh, he's uh, still out. So that obviously has forced them to go more uh, more anti-rant, anti-ranta 
obviously not the same caliber of, of netminder there. So they'll, uh, they'll look for Anderson to get back as soon as possible. AJ, uh, quick note on Calgary. Their defense has now been playing without Michael Stone and Oliver Shillington for much of this season, and they would love to get those guys back. It's kind of played havoc with Jacob Markstrom's netminding numbers. He w- was in three games last week, allowed a total of nine goals against, got two wins, but it's the goals against that are higher than, than the club would like, and it's caused them to re juggled their lines, and I, I don't like the look of it when I consider Jonathan Huberto playing third, third line alongside Blake Coleman and Michael Backlund. Certainly Coleman benefited last week by having a pretty nice offensive week himself with a total of four points. And then you can say the same thing on the first line with Adam Ruzichka, who's working with Tyler Toffoli and Elias Lindholm. He was another guy that helped lead the team in scoring last week with three points. So if you're looking for DFS value plays, you could have done worse than plug those, either of those two guys in. But I just don't like the look when you're, when you signed a guy like Huberdo for the money that they did and he's been relegated to third line minutes. I know it seems like he's been in a bit of the doghouse with Coach Sutter, but he has picked up his game of late. He's got points in in uh, all four of his last four games. So I, I think he's ready to say that he's finally getting a little more comfortable there. And I think that you could, should expect to see him playing with some of the other top scorers on this team as they move things around in this lineup. Well, we've seen uh, an uptick in the Patrick Kane rumor mill lately. I'm not totally sure what might be driving that. Maybe some discussions are ongoing, but we've uh, had over on Rotowire, we've gotten uh, stories about him being tied to Edmonton as well as Boston. Um, I I still think there's probably a very limited group of teams that will be able to take on that hefty cap hit. I mean, obviously, Chicago can retain up to half of that. So even then, though, you're talking about a $5 million cap hit to take on. So I definitely think it's not an easy one for them to do. But those rumors should continue uh, throughout the season until either a trade finally happens or uh, we get past the deadline here. Some good news for the Blackhawks. Seth Jones is going to play uh, tomorrow in his hometown of Dallas. So they will get a big boost by having him back in the lineup. Excuse me, downside there. Tyler Johnson, on the other hand, uh, seems to have suffered a bit of a setback. So his return has been pushed out a little bit further. AJ, in in uh, Carol, uh, Caroline, in Columbus, we have an, a lot of news on the injury front here for this team. They are being ravaged by Hurts. We mentioned that Patrick Liney has joined the ranks of the injured. Jacob Voracek still there. Yegor Chinitkov is a young guy that, that has joined those ranks. And they also include Varensky and Jake Bean on the blue line. So this team's been decimated uh, all over the place. But last week was a good week for them. They won three out of their four games. And uh, Yunus Corpusalo is a guy who was sidelined for much of the early going and much of last season, in fact, partner, where uh, he didn't he lost the uh, number one goalie job to Elvis Merz-Lickens. Neither one of these guys really holding down the fort with any degree of success. But Yunus Corpusalo is a guy who has had some success over the past week, and uh, that morphed into two wins for him, albeit uh, with 12 goals against overall in the three games played. Still not a lot of DFS value play there, in my opinion, but the goalie of record for two wins, and if you're in a league that values goalie wins, he's going to get a little bit more work going forward as long as he continues that way. 
but he's ably supported offensively. Sean Corrali with four goals and one helper, and Boone Jenner with four goals and two assists. They've taken some of the pressure off Johnny Gaudreau, who continues to rack up points here. It doesn't matter who what this guy plays with. Uh, he's a scoring machine, and he picked up another six points last week. So uh, the infirmary is way too full for this team to be considered a contender. And right around this time of year is when people start to really take a measuring stick to all the teams, AJ. And we can almost say that Teams that are not in a playoff spot now will be hard-pressed to get in there by season's end. That's just what history has shown us. And with the lengthy injury list of Columbus, they are one team that probably will be on the outside looking in. Yeah, so uh, with uh, Colorado, they are not on the outside looking in for a playoff spot here. They are actually sitting second in the Central. A bit of a surprise as they've kind of been the class of that division for the last couple of years Three wins in a row for them, all coming uh, with really, I would focus more on the net minding here in those wins. You've got Alexander Georgiev putting up a .964 save percentage that included a shutout performance. And Pablo Francouz wins his loan outing with a .958 save percentage on there as well. Faced a really heavy workload in that, that one game, 48 shots against, stopping 46 of them for the win. You look at the offensive side, it's not super impressive for three games. Their leading scorer over that stretch, Arturi Lekanen, with just four points. Um, if there's a concern there, you would look at the fact that Miko Rantanen had just one assist in those three games, um, did come with the man advantage. So, again, there, I would be a little concerned, too, that uh, a little over-reliant on their power play right now to produce offensively. But when you've got netminders playing at the level they do right now, you don't have to necessarily win in a blowout, and Colorado clearly showing that uh, this past week. Dallas Stars are a team that have got themselves right after some, after some early struggles, AJ. They've uh, won three of their last five games. The other two are losses in extra time or the shootout. So really you can say they're undefeated in regulation in five games. And that's a high watermark for them this season. And one of the reasons why is that Jason Robertson is joining the ranks of the very top scorers in the NHL. He's got 29 points in 19 games played with 14 goals on the ledger already. So fantastic breakout for him building on what he did last season on a, on his first uh, foray into the front ranks of NHL scorers. Rupe hints alongside with four points himself. And every time I see Mason Marchman's name, I kind of cringe when I when I think what could have been if he would have stuck around in Toronto. I really like this guy's game. Big physical guy with some hands. And he used those hands to collect another four points last week. Uh, Jamie Benn is another guy that has kind of re, restarted uh, in terms of being a dominant part of this team's offense, he he was gone missing for the last couple of years in Dallas's situation, relegated as uh, as often as not to third line minutes. AJ, but uh, this year, uh, top six guy on merit, he's having a big offensive year and six points more in the record book for him last week. And you can say the same thing about his best friend on the club. Uh, Tyler Sagan with four points himself. So uh, while they are relying on the veteran guys, they're also getting some mileage out of young Ty Delandria, who got three points last week. And Joe Pavelski just keeps on clicking. And I know that brings a smile to your face as he put up another four points last week too. Over in Detroit, they should be all smiles as well. 2-0-1 was the record this last week. Vili Huso takes all three of those outings for him. Um, I, I am admittedly a little supply, surprised we're not seeing a slightly larger uh, workload for Alex Nedeljkovic 
He did have some pretty bad outings, including giving up eight to Buffalo back on Halloween. Uh, Certainly a nightmare for him on that one. But uh, yeah, I'm still a little surprised he's not getting a little more lead, a little more opportunities there. But, uh, you know, we mentioned, uh, you know, being in a playoff spot at uh, Thanksgiving. Now, technically, we've got two more days of games before we get to, uh, for you, Paul, call it American Thanksgiving. Um, (laughs) But technically, Detroit would make the playoffs right now as one of the two wild cards. So um, if they can hold on to that, they're setting themselves up for a a good, uh, good rest of the season. AJ, you wonder what's in store for the Edmonton Oilers. They've got a full-blown goalie controversy right now because uh, essentially Jack Campbell can't even get out of his own way when he's sitting on the bench. He, he took a, a puck to the beak and he broke his nose uh, just by sitting down, uh, down as the backup goalie the other night. He, it just adds to the misery of a, a 428 goals against average, 87.3% save percentage. Those numbers are being uh, really slaughtered when you consider Seward Skinner in the same setting has a 92.1 save percentage and a 278 goals against average. The local product in Edmonton is making a big bid to take over the reins. And right now he's got them firmly in hand, even though this team lost two out of three games last week. I think they're much more confident with the local boy manning the net right now. And that's a concern when you spent $5 million for the next five years on, on a guy that you thought would be a calming influence in the Nets. So uh, a lot of pressure on in the goalie situation that kind of takes the attention away from the guys that do the scoring here and the heavy lifting. And it's all the same guys. And that's the other part of the problem here. They're not getting a lot of depth scoring beyond McDavid and Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins and, and uh, Zach Hyman right now. Uh, a lot of guys MIA and uh, a goalie with a sore nose right now. Well, one guy who hasn't been MIA to start the season is Matthew Tuchuk really just tearing it up right now in Florida. He's currently on a four-game point streak, three-game goal streak as well. 25 points through the first 17 games, so well on pace to reach 100 points again this year. Um, I know it's early. You have to evaluate these things longer term, but if I was uh, trying to decide who had won that trade at this point, I think it's pretty fair to say Florida probably did when you consider Huberto just nine points through the first 15 games. Mackenzie Weger, uh, the other part of that pretty significant slump that he was on, he went pointless in nine games before picking up an assist earlier in the year, still doesn't have a goal to start the season. So um, from my perspective at this point, I think it's pretty clear that Florida uh, has won this trade. And in Los Angeles, AJ, it's pretty clear to me that uh, despite the fact that they have that nice one-two punch of two, uh, 200-foot players at center that I love on this club and Kopitar and Deneau, they just don't have enough behind them defensively to to uh, keep teams at bay and, and from surrounding Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson in, in good scoring opportunities. And so they took a blow also in that regard with Sean Dursey out now out of the lineup. He's a guy who adds to mobility of, of the blue line there and a good First pass out is what you can expect from this guy when he's healthy. But right now, it's Drew Doughty in a cast of almost nobodies and Alex Edler, who was well past his best due date. It seems like he's getting more in trouble for the inability to move like he used to. So he's been exposed a little bit being in the top four. And that's also been a bit of a problem for this club because they just don't have enough experience behind Drew Doughty to fill in the ranks here. Matt Roy had a nice start to his season 
on the blue line, but he did most of that work with Drew Doughty. Now Mikey Anderson is the guy that's getting a lot of those minutes, and uh, he's being insulated because of it. But Roy's numbers are, are being exposed, and so if you jumped on him early, it's time to jettison him because he's partnered with that aforementioned Edler, and that's not a good pairing at all for those two guys. Well, it's good news, bad news for the Minnesota Wild on the injury front. Looks like they're going to get Jordan Greenway back in the lineup tomorrow. Um, So a nice pickup there. He's expected to jump into a top six role. Should be on the ice with the number two power play as well. However, they don't have a timeline yet on Marc-Andre Fleury returning to the crease. Now, he did skate uh, earlier today but uh, still hampered by that upper body injury. And again, the fact that they don't have a firm timeline on his return is a bit of a concern. Um, So like I said, good news, bad news for Minnesota on the injury front. But at least they're getting some good results out of Philip Gustafsson. He's starting to find some traction there, AJ. So he's going to be the one that has to hold the whole fort there for a while. In Montreal, the guy that's been holding the fort is Jake Allen. He's performed heroically for this club. And they, quite frankly, have got more points than they should have been expected to this early in the season. They're on the outside of the playoff picture. But uh, I think Habs fans have to be pleased because they're getting that good goaltending night in, night out. And uh, that's even with Sam Montembeau in reserve. So better than expected on the defensive side of the puck with that inexperienced core there. And everybody gets excited when Nick Suzuki and Cole Coffey had run up totals. They're both better than a point-per-game players right now. And Nick Suzuki's being hailed as some sort of an all-time great in Montreal in some quarters already there. I think they're ready to build a statue to anybody that helps this team (laughs) get out of the doldrums that they've suffered for the last couple of seasons. But kudos to them for having a fine start to the year. Kirby Doc running shotgun with these two guys in in a lot of the first-line minutes has rehabilitated his career with 16 points. And it causes a bit of a dilemma for the Habs because this guy is on an expiring contract. And you wonder whether they've seen enough for him to say, maybe we should keep this guy instead of maybe dangling for trade bait. And that's going to be a long, a season long discussion for him and Sean Monaghan, who's right behind him with 10 points in the overall uh, scoring rate for the Habs. <laughs> Beyond that, it drops off precipitously. And that is the problem in Montreal. They just don't have enough offense. And they've got to circle the wagons around uh, a couple of goalies who will think that they're in a rubber factory before the season is out. While Boston might be getting all the headlines for their record this year, the New Jersey Devils have won 13 straight games, primarily uh, courtesy of Vitek Vanasek. He's on a nine-game win streak himself here. Uh, So a really strong start to the year here. The question then becomes, who is going to be the team that ends that streak? There's this pesky team up in Toronto that comes up tomorrow that might be the ones to shut them down. After that, you're looking at possibly matchups with Buffalo, Washington, and then the Rangers to close out the month. So we'll have to see how long they can keep this winning ways going. They're getting, uh, like I said, really good net mining from Vitek Vanasek. Offensively, you're looking at Sharon Govich with four points, Bratt with five, Hughes with six, Heischer with five. So their their star players are producing as well along the way. 
AJ, there's a few teams that got off to some middling starts. We'll talk about them uh, a little bit later. I think we can include Pittsburgh in that rank, but I, the Penguins see them straighten themselves out. And the ditto for St. Louis, but the third team in that regard is Nashville. They went 3-0-1 last week, and it's their perennial leaders that have stepped forward. In goal, UC Saros with four, four games under his belt. Three of them were wins. I know he gave up 11 goals against, but the fact is this team is scoring a lot more, and so that offsets the the goals against in a big way. Neil Niederreiter is a guy that uh, has uh, made this town his home, adding three more goals to his ledger. He looks like he's finally settled in and ready to continue uh, to build on what he did last year. And I'm very happy for a player like this because he bounced around a little bit, went to a few different teams, but really has found his groove in Nashville. And maybe he likes country music or something. I'm not sure, but he's playing his best hockey and it's fun to see. Ditto for Matt Duchesne. He's got things right again, building on a great season that he had last year with four points more in the ledger. But uh, Philip Forsberg is a guy that started off slowly and he is guns a blazing right now too with four points. So it's familiar names in Nashville that have led to this turnaround and this team uh, figures to be a force because now they're pairing not only the the sound goaltending of a UC Saros, one of the best in the league with a pretty deep defense when they're uh, fully healthy and, and hitting on all cylinders. Roman Yossi is another guy that has found his groove with seven points to build on his offensive totals and put him in the thick of the hunt for the defenseman scoring again. So a lot of good news out of uh, Music City right now. On Long Island, it finally happened. Matthew Barzell has found the back of the net, got two goals against Dallas this past week, which ended an 18-game season-opening goal drought. Now we talked about the entire time that it's not from a lack of production there. He had 19 assists during that time, so um, continues to produce. He's got points in uh, five straight games, and and really there's only been a handful of games this season. Uh, looks like uh, about four or five uh, that he hasn't at least registered a point. So obviously season-long fantasy, DFS, that's a good uh, thing to note as well, that he is producing with a pretty consistent uh, consistent rate there. You know, you look at, uh, you know, the rest of this team, they are uh, starting to look a little bit better, in my opinion. Um, you know, they six and four in their last 10 games. So not great, but not terrible. And it's why they're firmly in third place in this tight metropolitan. Um, they should, uh, like we said, they are in the playoff spot right now. They've got the Rangers, the Penguins uh, chasing them. And of course, Washington is still uh, in the in the division as well. They're not going to go uh, quietly into the night here. AJ, we're going to do a DFS segment on a very small slate later on. So uh, I'll take this opportunity to tease one of the players that I'm going to include in my lineup. I'm looking at Victor Troch- Vincent Trocek, who has 13 points in 19 games played. But the thing that attracts me is not only the fact that he gets to play with Artemi Panarin, who was leading this team in scoring, but the shot on goal rate for this guy is at a career high with 69 attempts at the net in 19 games. That's better than three and a half per game. If I do my quick math and the shooting scoring percentage is over 15%. So those numbers tell me this guy at his price that I, that I'll share later is, is a real bargain in fantasy. And I think well positioned to build on those numbers as long as he gets to play with a guy who is having a resurgent offensive year in Artemi Panarin. Adam Fox is playing lights out on the back end here too. He's scoring 
a lot of points lately and up again among the leading scorers on defense, better than a point per game. You don't see that too often from too many defensemen around the league. So it's compelling viewing when he gets the puck on his stick and he's making the most of it right now. I am taking a, a few slings from uh, from uh, fan, fans of this show about my, my take on Chris Kreider. He's sitting there with seven goals in 19 games played. I don't think he's going to get 50 goals again uh, this year, AJ. That's why uh, what I said at the beginning of the year. And a lot of people, fans of him and this club, uh, took me to task saying, oh, you're out of your mind. But I think he's on pace for about 30 if I do my quick math. And that's what I pegged him at. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, after hot starts... Alexi Lafreniere and Capocacco have slowed down, and uh, I have to think that they're a little bit disappointed with the fact that these guys have combined with only f- for only five goals over the 19 games played by the Blue Shirts. So while the news is mostly good, there are a couple of uh, blemishes out there that they'd like to see removed. At the start of the season, we both had Ottawa in a, uh, in a playoff spot here, um, for- finishing fourth in, in their division is where we actually both pegged them. And so... It seemed like things were going to trend that way. Um, They had won three straight, had a decent start to the year. And then Josh Norris gets hurt all the way back uh, in in, uh, October here. And I think that's been a significantly bigger injury um, than maybe I thought it was going to be because they've had to adjust. You know, you've got Derek Broussard, uh, you know, in your top six now. That certainly I don't think was the plan. They've also got Thomas Shabbat out with a concussion as well. So that's not helping matters. And all this has led to them being last in the Atlantic here and definitely seems like they will not be a playoff team here. Um, They are a solid nine points behind Detroit right now uh, and we need to do some serious turnaround, some serious work to get this uh, ship righted. Obviously not having Alex Formington, uh, again, more of a depth piece right now. Um, But the fact that they can't agree to a contract with him after his 32 point production last year, you could certainly use somebody who would be in that 30 point range on this team to add some more, uh, you know, beef to it. Uh, Claude Giroux, you know, a a good, uh, I thought a good signing and he's been productive 18 points in 18 games played, but just, you know, he can't carry this team alone. Um, and they're they're really limited here, and, and things are have gone south very quickly. Yeah, I think the same can be said for the Philadelphia Flyers. AJ, I know you're going to shed a tear when I rhyme off some of these numbers, but they they're winless in their last eight games, and and Carter Hart is a guy who's really struggled uh, to keep the puck out of the net of late. He had a great start, but has now given up 16 goals against in his last four games, and. Uh, the fact is their injury list is just getting longer. When I watched this team play recently, I was ca- captivated by Tra- Travis Konechny, who looked like he was flying all over the ice. Well, he's been uh, grounded for a couple of weeks with an upper body hurt. So just adds to the misery of a growing uh, list of injuries. At least we can look at uh, Kevin Hayes and say, well, there's a guy who's healthy. And they missed him terribly last season with a number of issues that he dealt with uh, the loss of a brother, not not the least of which uh, that, that hampered his his season last year physically and emotionally. 19 points on his record book for 19 games played. He's a guy that I think will play top six minutes here and be uh, available for a lot of high-impact uh, minutes on the power play as well. So if you're looking for a center, I think this guy is still available in a lot of the 
season long leagues that are out there. I snapped him up not so long ago, and I think I'm pretty happy that I did and will be if he continues at this pace for sure. In any case, now we're back at that point, AJ. On a weekly basis, we stop at the Philadelphia uh, site and uh, get you ready for some thoughts on Pittsburgh. We'll take this pause to give you that opportunity and our sponsors some airtime as well. We'll be back with some news and notes from around the league on the remaining teams. You're listening to Rotowire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. We'll be back after these messages. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. Let's get that reminder for ways that our listeners can get out 
touch with us on a weekly basis, as well as a word from our top sponsors at Caesars. Over to you, AJ. Yeah, so the World Cup is ongoing right now. We are in the early days of the group stage. Uh, Of course, there's also the NFL, NHL, NBA, uh, all the sports you could really want. And with that, that means there's no better time than to try Caesars Sportsbook. Today, anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed Caesars Sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the Caesars Sportsbook promo code ROTO15. That's R-O-T-O-1-5. Promo code gives new users a risk-free first bet up to $1,500. Visit Caesars.com slash sportbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. And don't forget to use promo code ROTO15 when signing up. Yeah, as you said, Paul, uh, let off at the top of the show, one of the best places to reach us and to interact with us is over on Twitter. It's also a good way. Um, I tweet out this, our, our live uh, live version of the show is available on Twitter, so you can see it over there. I tweet this out uh, when we do the show, so you can follow me at AJScholes24. You can follow Paul, the Statsman, at Statsman22, and we'd love to interact with everybody out there. And so you get it all warts and all, including my muff on the opening of today's show. But uh, <laughs> we'll tidy it up for the online version where people can download this thing and listen to it at their leisure. And uh, I'll remove my gaff. So in any case, uh, AJ, Sidney Crosby, 27 points in 19 games. What year are we talking about? 2012? It's 2022. <laughs> and and uh, Sid the Kid is rolling along. But and the Penguins are trying to make make up for a, a tough start and a, a lengthy losing streak a couple of weeks ago. They're they've won five of their last seven, and things are looking a little bit better, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. A bit of a, a turnaround uh, that really, in a lot of ways, was started courtesy of your Maple Leafs. So thanks uh, for the assist there, Paul. Of course, you got us coming back on, on the other game, so we are all tied up to start the year. But uh, that was that that first game. Uh, in Toronto kind of led to a bit of a turnaround here. You know, the the interesting thing, um, one aspect of their game right now that is not really uh, figured out has been the penalty or the uh, the power play, uh, just an 18.8% that's uh, in the bottom 10 of the league. And so today they've kind of switched things up. We'll see if this carries over into their next game, but they're actually going to go with two defensemen on that top power play unit with both Chris Letang and Jeff Petrie uh, on that group. So a bit of a switch there, something to be aware of when you're setting uh, those lineups. Of course, you can find all of this over at rotowire.com. We have the power play depth charts on the site there, so you can check out who we have uh, projected to go into what roles. So something to keep an eye on might be the spark they need to kind of get that power play going there. AJ, in Seattle, things are looking up after they had three games, where it, which all went to overtime. And, of course, they got points in all three of them. But they pulled off victories in two of them. And the aforementioned uh, Marty Jones was receding for two of those wins with four goals against in those games. And, uh, again, just like I mentioned about Mason Marchmont, I see Jared McCann with two more goals. And I'm thinking, wouldn't he look good in a blue and white uniform? We had him for a second, but he, he's thriving in Seattle. And, uh, like I said earlier, there are some teams where you put a line through the lineup and, and you disregard them. But I think Seattle did the right thing in capturing a few veterans in the, in the NHL 
and building their team around them. And it's led to this early success where they're sixth in the league in win percentage at the moment. And it's McCann that's helped. It's Marty Jones that's helped. But Justin Schultz on the blue line really been a calming influence, picked up two goals, two assists. He's not known as an offensive juggernaut, folks, but he's meant so much to this team's defensive structure. And they're a tough out because of players like him. And then also Jordan Everly, for my money, one of the uh, guys in the NHL that I have a lot of time for, plays with a high, high hockey IQ uh, dating back to his days in junior. And you can see it on display again with a four-point week this week for the Seattle club. Some uh, tough news for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, they are not going to have James Reimer available for them tomorrow. No official word yet on how uh, long he might be out, but that's certainly bad considering Capo uh, Kakinen hasn't done really very well this season. His most recent performance was a one-goal allowed victory over Ottawa, which, as I said, hasn't really been impressive either. On the year, Kakonen sitting at uh, two, four, and one in seven appearances, a 3.31 goals against average. So not having James Reimer is going to take a team that's already uh, struggling to to get wins here uh, and is going to make it even harder for them, of course, Eric Carlson does continue to produce, so there is some good news for this club. Uh, Logan Couture with uh, six points this past week. Uh, so they Carlson, a total of seven points over this last week. So they're getting some offensive production, um, but the injury concerns are, are definitely uh, a problem on the net mining. Well, I mentioned earlier a couple of teams that struggled out of the gate and seem to have righted themselves, AJ's Penguins being one of them. The third team we would highlight in this regard is the St. Louis Blues. They had a terrible go of it out of the gate, but really right now, they're one of the hottest teams having been unbeaten in their last seven games in regulation. Big reason for that, Jordan Bennington finding his groove in the Nets. Three wins and five goals against in total last week. Kind of the apex of this season in the early going. You wonder if he, if he and the team have finally got the formula to keep going forward. It's a veteran club that you knew was going to be hurt from at some point. I didn't expect them to write the ship this early, but the veterans are leading the way again here. Braden Chen with four points. Ryan O'Reilly with three. I again say Ryan O'Reilly has been kept out of the top six for much of the season, but I think they're going to weave him in into that top six going forward much more uh, consistently. So I think that'll spike his DFS value. He is the captain of the team and still an offensive threat, I think, that's been underused. They took a bit of a blow on the back end with Tory Krug being uh, sidelined. We don't know the severity of that hurt yet, AJ, unless you have more information than I do. But he did pick up a couple of goals, and I think his offensive game is coming together. And it's a big reason why I have high hopes for this team, because they have a wealth of talent on that back end. Uh, it's a, a luxury for most teams to have two offensively gifted defenders. They have as many as four when things are going well for this club. Right now, though, Krug's sideline. Falk playing well for this team is picking up some of that slack. Pareko and Letty are the other two guys you can count on for some offensive on some offensive punch here as well. Yeah, for Tory Krug, uh, they are uh, going to have him take part in the the morning skate tomorrow before their game uh, against the Sabers, and then kind of make a decision from there. So at this point, it seems like it's definitely more of a day to day thing, um, and may not be out long term. Over in Tampa Bay, uh, they continue to get what I would call just kind of pedestrian uh, net mining from Andre Vasilevsky. Two and one is the record. No, uh, no problem there, obviously. 
921 the save percentage. So the numbers aren't bad. I want to stress, I'm not saying Vasilevsky is having a bad year. He's just having a bad year compared to Andre Vasilevsky. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see if that turns around. I think the interesting stat to point this out is the fact that he doesn't have any shutouts yet this year. Now he had just two last year, but this is a guy who, uh, multiple times has had five shutouts or more in a season, including eight back in 2017. Um, so you just, we've gotten so used to him looking even better than he has lately, um, you know, the goals against average from a few rough outings, including his most recent one, is up over three. Again, that's something we haven't seen out of him at any point in his career. If it ended that way, that would be a career worst for him by a significant margin. The only other time uh, he had a 2.76 uh, back during what, you know, you could call like his rookie or rookie B season back in 2015-16. Uh, so definitely something Uh, To keep an eye on, they should be fine, but it could mean they play a little bit more. Brian Elliott, um, who who won his uh, lone appearance this last week. AJ, in Toronto, I don't know what to make of this club uh, this season. They're not playing like they did last year, but their win percentage is right up there with what they did last year. They were 2-0-2 last week. They've only lost once in regulation in their last 10, and you know what happened, where that happened as well. Uh, You already talked about that game. And the big guns are firing. Nylander with four goals to assist. Tavares, 3-3. Bunting, 2-2. Matthews, 2-4. Marner, 1-4. You expect those guys to put up the points, and they are. You expected, you hoped that Mar- Matt Murray would play well in that. He shone in the three appearances last week with two wins and an overtime loss, a total of seven goals against, and a couple, uh, more than a couple of those were not his fault at all. So I'm quite happy what we're getting out of the star players and the net minding, but it's the defense that's a real concern, and that got bigger last night with Morgan Riley going on the. Uh, long-term injury reserve. That means he's going to miss 10 games. It's looking like a knee injury to me based on what I saw. And he'll join uh, TJ Brody, who's still out, and he'll miss the upcoming road trip in its entirety, a four-game swing the Leafs will embark on starting later this week. And then Muzzin, we know, is gone. Probably, maybe maybe he's done for his career. So the pairings look very different going forward. You got Hall and Giordano on a top pairing, Lilligren and Sandine on a second pairing, and then Jordy Ben and likely Victor Mete or Mac Hollywell uh, rounding out the, the six-pack. And uh, boy, oh boy, that's cause for concern to me and a Legion Elite fans. Over in Vancouver, um, a pretty good week for them, two and one. And you've got your top uh, top guys uh, contributing offensively. Elias Patterson had four goals. Uh, Brock Besser and Bo Horvat both had four points. Quinn Hughes with four helpers. Um, So they're getting the offense from the guys you expect them to. Uh, If there's somebody you would give a knock to, Oliver Oliver Eklund Larson, just one assist in three games. Connor Garland in the same boat, just one assist over that stretch as well. But for the most part, um, they're getting the offensive production from the guys that you expect them to. Uh, I still, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think Vancouver is going to be a playoff factor at all. They're seventh in the Pacific, but I don't think this is a walkover team. They could factor into the playoff hunt here only by being a difficult team to compete against. And I I admittedly looking at their lineup, I'm a little surprised um, that they've, you know, struggled uh, for wins as much as they have. When I look at the Vegas Golden Knights, their offense looks 
very similar to the way the Maple Leafs line up. You have no quarrel with the top six forwards. I mean, there's no holes there at all. They're probably better than the Leafs, in fact, when you look at it, considering Chandler Stevenson just continues to be that Swiss Army knife that they can plug in anywhere. Right now, he's on the left side with Jack Eichel and Mark Stone on the top line. You realize how much they were missing the latter two players last season, when you see what Eichel and Stone have done this season, they're living up to their usual pedigree, being scoring machines for this team and really uh, leading this offense. But uh, the structure of the team defensively is where the, this team's bread and butter lies. Alec Martinez, Braden McNabb, Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore, that's as good a four-pack as you can find around the NHL defensively. And they're making Logan Thompson's debut as a number one goalie look really, really good. And even Aiden Hill, who must think he's died and gone to heaven after the struggles that he had in his former stop in Arizona. This is like the other end of the... He went from the outhouse to the penthouse here, folks. And uh, right now, it's all smiles in, in Vegas. And uh, if they can get something out of their bottom six, they'll be even scarier. But right now... There's not a lot of fantasy value in that six-pack, to be sure. Over in Washington, four straight defeats for them. Now, to be fair, these are all against playoff-caliber teams, Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, Seattle – I'm sorry, not Seattle, St. Louis, and Colorado. Um, Disappointing shootout loss uh, to the Blues there. So they uh, have been playing good teams, but the fact of the matter is that four-game losing streak has seen them drop – all the way to seventh in the Metropolitan uh, puts them, if you have the Rangers as a potential wildcard team, they're just five points back. It's not a huge gap here, um, but you have to figure at some point they're going to need to get wins over these, you know, really good teams. And you you're talking about, you know, a Florida team that right now they're not, but they should be in the mix for a playoff spot, obviously Tampa and Colorado and even the blues should be in the wild uh, wild card hunt, if not uh, competing in the central. So they're going to have to figure out a way to win against better teams if they want to put themselves, uh, you know, in in the postseason. And uh, Winnipeg Jets are another one of those teams that's going to be on the bubble, and uh, they're trying to navigate some serious injuries, and uh, that's really depleted their top six forwards, which has really been the strength of this team for the last few years. So they're missing a couple of pieces there, and despite that, they went two and one last week. But that's largely on the strength of the fact that Connor Hellebuck is holding the fort and doing it in fine style uh, in the Nets. But also Cam Connor, uh, uh, Cam Connor, where did I get that from? Kyle Connor <laughs> is is the guy that's lit up the club offensively. Three goals to his ledger. He's one of the best snipers in hockey, folks. But he has had a bit of a slow start, and he's now partnered with Mark Shifley. And the third member of that top line is an unfamiliar name to the top six here, Sam Gagne is a guy that's been around the league, bounced around a little bit. He's got six points to his ledger so far this season. Nowhere near what you want from your first-line scorers. But they've had to spread things out just because they're missing Mason Appleton and Nikolai Ehlers. The news on Ehlers particularly disappointing. He's going to undergo hernia surgery, and that'll keep him out for at least a month, if not more, it looks like. So they're going to have to find ways to plug things in. And they're expecting a guy like Cole Perfetti to uh, be a big part of that uh, that uh, situation to keep their offense afloat. He's a guy who did it in junior. He's going to get, uh, and in the AHL, he's going to get a chance to do it with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler on that second unit. So you can find worse landing spots and maybe he is a sneaky good DFS play in the near term as long as he holds on to that role. I'm also a little bit surprised on the defensive side of the puck, AJ, 
typically when a team has three offensive defensemen, they kind of pair them with three defensive types. But uh, Winnipeg's gone and loaded up their first pairing with Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey. Uh, Morrissey is pretty adept on the defensive side of the game. But Neil Pionk, uh, pretty much known for his offensive skills alone. So they're partnered together on that top pairing. Nate Schmidt is a guy who is very popular in the dressing room, but also a serviceable uh, guy who knows both ends of the ice very well. And he, he'll be insulated by a defense first type in Brendan Dillon. So the four pack is not too bad there, but they're also hurting from the fact that Logan Stan- Stanley and Dillon DeMetal, two uh, veteran parts of that defensive structure are missing, forcing them to go with Billy Hainola and Dylan Sandberg as that third pairing, leaving them a little bit vulnerable for about 15 minutes a night uh, with that third pairing on the ice. So there we are. We've swung through the 32 teams, AJ, and uh, we're ready now to take our bi-weekly look at uh, the DFS slate. It's a two-game schedule, so this is a time where strategy really plays a part, and I'm tending to go with line stacks or defense pairings or the highest win probability definitely among the four-pack of goalies as the centerpiece of my lineup. I wonder what yours looks like on the DraftKings side. I'll give the FanDuel side of it when uh, you're done. Yeah, so it starts uh, for me. I I think Montreal um, has a pretty good matchup playing against Buffalo tonight who's really been struggling. Uh, So they have a chance, I think, to rack up some, some points here. And so I'll start with that whole first line, which is Nick Suzuki at center. 6,500 is his price tag. And I've got him with Cole Caulfield at 7,100 and Kirby Doc at 4K. Um, You know, because you can go low on Doc, there's no reason not to stack this whole line, in my opinion. They've all been really solid lately. Um, Doc actually outproducing Caulfield over the last 10 games uh, by one (laughs) by one point. But uh, so, you know, makes him a, a really strong play given uh, given that price tag so then uh, at the center position I go with Mika Zabinijad as my other setter 8100 is a price tag it's a high cost but again uh, another player that's just been on a roll um, and again I think the Rangers have the better matchup against against LA and I'll pair him up with Jimmy VC who comes in at 3500 he plays on that top line with Zabinijad uh, and Kreider so a good opportunity to capitalize on them there. Uh, on the blue line, I go with Adam Fox, 6,700 uh, for the Rangers, their top guy. I, I said this on DraftKings earlier today. If you're building out your lineup need to save a little price on the defense, you could look at Jacob Truba instead. Um, but I think Fox's price tag certainly uh, warrants trying to fit him in. I'll go with uh, Samuelson for uh, the Sabres as my other defenseman, a really cheap option at just 3,200. I think there's a chance he could see some power play minutes with this club. He's been out for uh, out for the season, but he's going to make his debut this year or not uh, season debut. His first game back since like mid-October. Um, and I think, yeah, like I said, he could maybe factor in on the power play. Um, but I, I like him just for that low cost option. You get a couple shots in there and it lets you kind of spend up in other places. My utility spot here, again, I mentioned this on DraftKings, Yoel Armia comes in at the base price of $2,500. He is also coming back from injury tonight, but he tends to be a bit of a power play specialist for them. Uh, Even though he'll slot into like a fourth line role, you look, you know, he had games where, you know, 15 minutes overall, but two and a half of that comes with the man advantage. So I do like 
uh, Armia as well. Between the Nets, while I think Montreal will win, they're also struggling off uh, to stop goals from going in. So I'm not going to use their netminder. I'm going to go with Shesterkin. He is the most expensive guy on the slate here, but I think it's certainly worth that price tag uh, to get him in. Hey, Jay, I, I like what you did there with your strategy. You mixed it up a little bit and not necessarily blowing your brain out at any position, but I couldn't get over the disparity in prices with some of the players that we both have had our sights on. I had to disqualify uh, the Montreal top center because he was listed at over $9,000 in my lineup. I couldn't make that work. So good for you for getting him in, but the price difference was like $3,000 almost to get him into the lineup and, uh, one of us will suffer for it, I think, because that's the play of the night, I think, to get the Montreal top line in there. I managed to get two-thirds of it in there in my lineup, but uh, you'll notice the price differences and, and why I went the other way uh, at the top of the list. Instead, at center, I went with Anze Kopitar for $6,000, AJ. I still count on the fact that he is the uh, L.A. leader in terms of the offense when it's clicking, uh, getting the first-line minutes and all the high-leverage stuff on the power play. Going to be a good situation for him, I think, tonight as he gets those opportunities for only $6,000. I pair him with Vinny Trocek of the Rangers. He's a second-line center, but when you think about who he's playing with on that second line, and I'll say the name of our Tammy Panarin is one of those two guys, and uh, Barkley Goodrow had a nice week last week as the other. That line is clicking right now, so I have no trouble plugging in uh, Trocek as my second center tonight for the $6,200 price tag. I couldn't stay away from the Montreal top line. As I mentioned, Cole Caulfield is running rampant over the NHL with his scoring exploits this season, and it's reflected in the $8,300 price tag. I think he's going to get a, a mitt full of opportunities tonight against the Sabres team that is not going well defensively. So that's a comp- compelling play and probably the centerpiece of my offense, I will, I will say. I pair him at wing with Jimmy Vesey, who has bounced around the league the last couple of years, but he seems to have found a home on the Rangers' first line and that means he's playing in the company of some pretty good scorers in Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, who are carrying the flag for the offense of the Rangers most nights. So VC is along for the ride at only $4,100. And I don't expect him to get top power play minutes, but he might even factor into the second power play unit. But I'll take 16 minutes of VC with those two guys as running mates there. Then on defense, I don't normally blow my brains out offensively, AJ, but tonight I had to put Adam Fox in there for $7,500. He's been on fire with 12 points in his last eight games played and just uh, two points every time out, it seems, when he's scoring. So so I'm counting on that to continue and for him to get lots of opportunities in that matchup tonight. I pair him with Drew Doughty of the LA Kings. He is, as I mentioned, the lone wolf when it comes to quality at both ends of the ice that the Kings are trotting out uh, these days. And he's going to have to play about 25 minutes which he does most nights anyway. And I think he's going to get all the high leverage stuff that the Kings will throw at uh, their opposition tonight. And it only costs $5,300. I round up my squad with the aforementioned Kirby Doc, $5,800. He has had a resurgence to his career and he must be loving life in Montreal on that first line and causing the, the management of the club a bit of a quandary about what they do with this guy going forward. But I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm playing him in DFS on the FanDuel slate for that $5,800 fee. Then to round up my squad, I had to go hunting for a guy in the sub $4,000 range, and I landed on Jack Quinn of the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres in, have an interesting second line, AJ. It's not uh, the big hulks of the top line, but it is, it is some guys that have 
an offensive pedigree in Dylan Cousins, who I mentioned earlier, and J.J. Paterka, who also had a good junior career. They're lighting it up with some degree of regularity. And the third member of the team is Jack Quinn to round out that second scoring line. And he's the guy that I plug in for for that role at $3,900. He even makes an appearance on their second power play unit on a regular basis. So I feel pretty good about the range of players that I've got in here. And I managed to keep it under the uh, maximum by plugging in Jake Allen in the Nets. I look at the win probabilities and I landed on that. Two goalies, Shesterkin is the other guy with a high win probability, but I couldn't fit his salary in. So the other guy that's going to win tonight is Jake Allen. I plugged him in for $7,500. So that's the end of our the, our show. Uh, unless you have any final thoughts, AJ, the, some pearls of wisdom. What's the go-forward position for the Penguins or your views on, uh, on the World Cup ever coming back to hockey? We heard them off the top. <laughs> How optimistic are you for any and all of this stuff? Um, I'm admittedly not super optimistic on the World Cup of hockey. Um, the fact that they push it back without any real explanation is is kind of sketchy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to circle back. We talked about uh, Jeff Skinner uh, and his terrible contract uh, a lot last year. So I had to go look it up and figure out who is the uh, the most expensive per point guy in the NHL right now. And you are looking at Evgeny Dadnoff costing $5 million for that one point that he has to start the year. Um, obviously a disappointing uh, you know, beginning to the year for him. Uh, did just recently get that first point, so maybe uh, he can start get, you know, getting going here. Did miss a couple games in there as well, but uh, I wanted to check and see over at Cap Friendly uh, who was the, the most expensive per-point guy in the NHL right now. So sad that he plays for the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> no, I feel better after getting a shot. I said too many nice things about the Habs today, and the fans must be wondering about that, but I had to get that salvo <laughs> in across the bow before we signed off. AJ, another one in the books. I want to wish you and your family the very best for the upcoming Thanksgiving celebration south of the border. You know my plan is to celebrate it north of the border as well by a football fest that will begin early and will finish late and will feature my favorite football club, the Dallas Cowboys, who are on a bit of a roll right now. So like you, I will be indulging and uh, and enjoying the day for all its festivities. And I'll be tuning in to the, maybe even some parades down in the, uh, early in the day to get myself in the mood. But I have you, hope you have a great day with friends and family. And uh, we'll look forward to lining this thing up again for the next edition of uh, Roto-Wire's podcast with Statsman and AJ. So as always, we remind you that we are here to assist you with your fantasy hockey plans and your enjoyment of all aspects of fantasy hockey. We encourage you to send your comments or questions on Twitter, where you can follow me at Paul Bruno at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. Please note, we'll be back in front of you. Follow our socials, and you'll be able to find the downloads when they drop next Tuesday afternoon at about this time. All the best to our friends south of the border again. Happy Thanksgiving to all and to you, AJ.